0: Inside information on your teams, honest opinion, and the biggest names in sports. It's time, Las Vegas, for the Playmakers.
2: Final hour of the week of the Playmakers. What a final hour it will be. My voice is still named Lindsey Brown. And over across the way, it is Cleveland hat. What team is that representing? Uh,
0: It's an Indians hat, but it's representing the Cavs. You know me. You mean
2: the Guardians?
0: Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. The Guardians. How many times is that going to happen this year?
2: Probably a few, but it's okay. It's the first year in which they've changed the name. And so there's a grace period always associated with it. And we extend all of our grace periods to all of uh, the listeners. New, old, here by accident. We appreciate any amount of time that you give us. uh, Be that live right now or maybe you are a podcast person. Maybe you need somebody to talk to while you're going to sleep. I was one of those kids, and that's probably what, what led for. me down to the role that I am here now uh, in in this chair. And uh, you can find all of our episodes of the Playmakers of the Nightcap on that Odyssey app, Podcastable, Google Play Store, Apple Store. What else? A-U-D-A-C-Y. I think I got all the information. BetQL, QL, SmarterBet, start with backQl I think I got everything,
0: right? Yeah, Radio. It, all, wherever Something. you can find your podcast, yeah. you're going to find
2: us. Yeah, I really like it, and we got to – We're going to get into our footies of footballs here in a moment. We're going to take a hot lap around the NHL. I'm watching the the Jersey retirement ceremony for one Mr. Henrik Lundqvist as we speak.
0: You love to see it. Uh,
2: You do love to see it. He looks like he has a very, very happy little Swedish family and uh, (laughs) that his legacy will live on in the rafters of Madison Square Garden, one of the most iconic goaltenders of his generation, only uh, uh, just a season removed from that stead he signed last year with the Washington Capitals and then it was found that he had a a heart problem and he's had a couple of open heart surgeries since but his impact on uh, the greater New York hockey scene and just goaltending in general I mean he won a gold medal with team Sweden in 2006 there's really no bigger deal uh, than that achievement right there but again that's for the NHL hot lap segment and then we got conflicted consciousness to wrap up our show because you know who needs defending Jake Paul and he needs it from me
0: (laughs) He needs it from hot. us. That's my Cleveland. Right, guy.
2: Exactly. Is he from Cleveland? Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course YouTuber from he is. Cleveland. Of course he is. Yeah,
0: we got all the cool white boys. <laughs> Travis Kelsey. We need Kelsey. more of
2: those. We need more of those. Just like how we need more of them to have podcasts. But instead, let's give you the funniest of footballs. Oh, the
1: funniest of footballs. It's the
2: greatest weekend we've ever seen, unless it was last. This one.
0: Oh, last weekend was the
2: best. I know, but maybe we have some upset specials on our uh, horizon here. What do you think? How do you want to lead this off, friend?
0: Well, it's Prediction Friday, right? I suppose. As we head into this, we're both 7-2. and two. I feel like this week we're going to make some opposite picks. Let's start off with the first game of Sunday in the AFC. The Cincinnati Bengals versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Will it be... Four times in a row that they make a Super Bowl. Or, no, second, yeah. second, third time third. in the Super Bowl. Third time in the Super Bowl, fourth time in the, in the AFC Championship Correct. game. Um, but let's talk about the Bengals. I feel like Joe Burrow's your boy.
2: Yes, I'm all in on Joe Burrow.
0: It's 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 crazy, like like in the playoffs for the Chiefs, how, you know, they played the Bills who – the Bills approached this Josh Allen era by building a good team and then – waiting for – like, they, they showed signs, they had faith in Josh, and then slowly but surely, here we go, he turned into a superstar, where now the Bengals are the complete opposite. They drafted him, and he's second year. We're here in the AFC Championship game. We haven't done it in 30 years. Uh, it's crazy how that turns out. And for the Bengals, there's a lot of hoping and praying you're going to have to do between these next two days before oh, Sunday. Yeah. Uh, you better first and foremost pray and hope that the Kansas City Chiefs are exhausted. We saw this with the Raiders and Chargers in that season finale uh, and then start out the game versus the Bengals in the wild card round. Super sluggish. Um, So they're going to need the hope for that. Uh, Defensively, stay patient. If the Chiefs want to run the ball, you're going to have to be comfortable with letting them get a five or six-yard run. It's completely the opposite of what anybody on that defense has been programmed to do. You're always supposed to stop them make them run the ball because what do you want? You want to give up a six-yard run or a 30-yard pass to Mahomes?
2: Right, exactly, because ultimately I'd much rather have it in hands that are not number 15, and that means if they're handing it off, we're not blitzing either, I would hope.
0: And in the same vein, like, so watching the game earlier this week uh, between between the Bengals and the Chiefs, the week 18 matchup, there was like five or six times that as soon as Patrick Mahomes scrambled out of the pocket. Yeah the defense broke down and was just like, yeah. get the quarterback, get the panic, quarterback. Panic,
2: what is he going to do? We don't know, so I must go to him.
0: Yeah, and, and that's, that's stay what patient. To do. Yeah, but now stay patient. You're going to have to stay in your lane, stay in your zones. You have to be disciplined and give them the underneath stuff, which the Chiefs have been practicing all this season, like Patrick Mahomes trying to learn how to be patient and things like that. And You'd you give them need-
2: Kelsey in the underneath. That's what you want? Yes. Yeah. There's a, it's always playing with fire though too, because if you allow them and, and, and in turn, they do what you want, but then you start getting that chili hot right there. And we don't want that boulder rolling down with more momentum than is necessary, right? So how do you, how do you make sure that it doesn't go over the edge? If you're giving the underneath, you want to incentivize the, the chiefs to to hook up with Travis Kelsey. How do you make sure that all of a sudden it doesn't turn into Travis Kelsey takes over the world?
0: You do what the Bills couldn't, which is when you touch Patrick Mahomes, you don't let him scramble. Like that was the most that's the most running I've ever seen Patrick Mahomes have in a game. Besides the, the Super Bowl last year? Yeah, well, yeah, in like in a positive manner. That's perfect. Fair. Um, because they couldn't they could not sack the quarterback. Trey Hendrickson, uh DJ Reader, You guys are going to have to have the game of your life, enforce pressure, and please, like, do not, you cannot allow Patrick Mahomes to be slippery. And then, like, offensively, I think this is obvious. Of course, every time someone goes up against the Chiefs, what do you have to do? You have to run the ball, make sure you control the clock, give them less possessions, etc., etc., etc. But versus the Titans, the Bengals didn't have success with Joe Mixon in that first half. They were trying to run. But they stuck with it, and in the third quarter, boom, Joe Mixon, 16-yard run. Um, They need to keep doing it, even if they're not going to have the greatest success. Matthew, we still don't know um, Tyrell Matthew, uh, concussion protocol. I'm I'm assuming he's going to play, um, but he did play in Week 18. And, like, going with the Chiefs. One of the things on that defense is they're playing a dangerous game, and it's very cocky where –
2: Well, yeah, as as you're saying for the Chiefs to target the underneath, if the Bengals are given that and they're able to just keep the score close, that's an excellent game plan for them because – Screens, baby. That's what, yeah. That's their bread and butter.
0: And that's what they've been doing. Like this, these play. Like yep. they've won. What they twenty six points versus the Raiders. Yep. They 19 wait points. for it
2: just to break down enough where all of a sudden, like you were talking about with Mahomes, we must gravitate towards him. They start doing the same thing to Burrow, and he has that touch. And they got the. They have the quick speed right out of the right out of your breaks and right out of those first um, couple steps off the line. And so it. it it's going to be a very tall task for, for the Bengals to do it. So who are you picking to win this game? I got the Chiefs. You got the Chiefs? I mean, I picked them weeks ago to get hot. And for the sake of our argument, for the sake of our 7-2 and two matching records, I'm going to pick the Bengals. And I honestly do have belief that they can win. I, I, I believe in Joe Burrow. I believe in that. Uh, and if I'm right, I'm going to look amazing. And if I'm not, well, I probably wasn't that far off either.
0: We'll see, I, mean, I hope it's a
2: close game.
0: That's what we all want, and that's for the Bengals. Like, if, they ain't if been Joe there Burrow
2: beats Patrick Mahomes in the AFC Championship game, you want to talk about superstar status? Like Josh Allen got to superstar status because he won a playoff game. This would be a completely different thing. I think Joe Burrow's already surpassed that he's in general. ACL last I
0: year. know,
2: and and that just, Zach Taylor was supposed he's already to be come fired. Back player of the year, exactly. And so to to accomplish this, the. I said it earlier this week. There's some competition for the, for the label of the Lord. I'm telling you. It's different. It's different. So I'll take the Bengals. All right, let's move on to our other matchup here of championship weekend. The battle for California. We have to be very careful what we say because we obviously know that this building has allegiances to certain teams. Um, but I think this is the more interesting of the two matchups. And it has really not a whole lot to do with the actual football. It has to do with the psychological warfare for me.
0: In so many different facets, too. Mm-hmm. Can we really quick touch on the ticket situation? Like, yes, ab- that's crowd? part of
2: the psychological warfare, absolutely.
0: We're expecting the 49ers to be in there heavy despite the efforts of the Rams, right?
2: And, yes, and all their significant others. And their bank accounts. And
0: all their wives. Yes. And all the tickets they're going to purchase. I'm also, are you mad at teams that do that, that try to make it as difficult as possible? Like,
2: I, I always think it's kind of petty, but then ultimately I'm, I'm like it's their business and it's they want to make sure that they have the best environment to foster positivity for their team, so who am I to judge that? The I most, just find it funny that you make m- mountains out of molehills.
0: The most forsaken thing was in 2016 when Cleveland Guardians fans sold Game 7 at home World Series yeah. tickets to Cubs fans, and I'm like if you have season tickets isn't this why you have them so that you could be here for moments like this? I digress. Uh, it is going to be, I mean, what, what is it? A uh, seat geek. I think it's like 65% that it's going to be 49ers. So it's going to be another home field where the Rams will go um, into that silent count. Cause they're going to have to be forced to uh, for the Rams. Will they take what the 49ers give them? Yeah.
2: That's, uh, that's an excellent question. Cause they're the more talented of the two rosters by a lot. And so with that, you would assume, well, I can do this. I can do this. I, I have this at my disposal. I have this option. Does it Just because you can doesn't mean you always should, right?
0: Or even try.
2: So what do you think the 49ers are going to give them then?
0: I still think they're going to – well, so in week 18 when they last played, like their linebackers played the deepest that they have all season. They didn't care about the flats. They didn't okay. care about five or ten-yard runs or five or ten-yard um, passes. That's what they're going to need to bank on. And it's it's the weird thing about this OBJ with the Rams um, saga and the end of the season and these games that he's played. There's been way too many highlights of deep balls where it's way off and it's an easy, easy interception. And that's not
2: where his success is right now. Yeah. Because he's always been deep threat guy because we know the highlight packages. But mm-hmm. where he has found success in this offense is in those short passing lanes, is in those quick right off the line, I'm going to hit you in the hands. And and you're right. So that that is going to be an area. So are you really – are you ready to say Cooper Cup? You're going to have to live with two targets today, and we're going to give OBJ potentially ten. Is that something that you can live with, Sean McVay? Because we know that that he has a he has a tendency to change his game plan too. As recently as last week, he got super conservative down the down the stretch, almost coughed up the lead, which lead makes it and me the nervous.
0: Win. I mean, two out of the three weeks, and this
2: is where this is why Sean McVay is the the biggest X factor for me in this entire game. Because whether this guy or anybody else, the ego is involved. You are owned in every facet by the coach on the other sideline. And you have all of the talent, you have momentum, and you have the expectation. You even have a halfway healthy quarterback. Like, they have Jimmy Garoppolo with a woody arm in Toy Story 2, right? (laughs) And so, that's so much going in your favor. But there's also so much focus being taken away from the actual game itself. It's so easy for me to see Sean McVay let this thing get away from him. It really is. And I was listening earlier to a, a, a clip of Lewis Riddick talking on Rich Eisen's show. And we know that Lewis does the Monday Night Football for ESPN. He's all over the place. He's always in conversations for GM posts and coaching yeah. and stuff because he's he's a next-level brain. And the thing is with the next-level brains is that it, he's not a numbers guy per se, but he's played the game. He's He's – He's heard the game. He's processed the game. And he's talked to Rich about how last year or when it was the pandemic, when there was no fans in the stands and they were having one of these matchups, how he mentioned that you could just tell by the sound that the 49ers were hitting the Rams with that they were just on a different level. He said, they always show up and bring that hard lunch pail mentality, especially on their defense, but they take it to another level against the Rams. It's not just the Rams that get a little bit scared. Uh, skittish against the 49ers it's that the 49ers get better as well and so with that little tidbit in the back of my mind of being well if if we're hearing these sounds where it's just like a a, a perfectly struck golf ball or or a fastball right off the bat that means the Rams are afraid and apprehensive right that means they don't want to tackle you to the ground because they are scared they are shaking in their shoes in some aspect because they know that there's a psychological edge and that it manifests in a physical way. And so...
0: And it's not just on defense either.
2: No, no. They average
0: 1.8 yards a carry in their game week 18. Exactly,
2: and even listen to this. The Rams' defense faced quick passes on 61.5% of throws against San Francisco while allowing 9.1 passing yards. Against all other opponents, Rams face quick passes on 52% of all attempts, so t- almost 10% less, 6.3 yards of throw, a three-yard difference. That's a healthy enough difference to be like, if that's a running back and he's getting three yards of carry, you're like, hell yeah, that's what's very exactly. healthy. That, you can just, that's the psychological advantage. I'm going to do it just a hair more, a hair more. Maybe it's get your lungs burning a little bit more and you don't get to get the calls in and you just get tired more quickly. But regardless, almost three more yards given up per short passing attempt against the 49ers. And that's the Rams defense. That's well, they're supposed to be the, the meanest, the meanest kids on the playground.
0: But the problem is, is that like the Rams defense and all these tools and the pieces they added this year with Von Miller is they they built their defense to go up against the best passing offenses in the league.
2: Right. That's not, not what dink and dunk.
0: Yeah. And not first well, first and foremost, running the ball. Yep. Which then leads to well, they can do play action. And then now we can have Debo as as our running back, but now we'll put Kerry Kittle as, as a wide receiver. Attitude. Yeah. And their whole team their whole team is bought in mm-hmm. and and they're they're willing to play three, four different positions. But at the same time Despite Jimmy G having a record in the regular season of thirty three and fourteen and being five and one in the playoffs, and if he wins this game having more Super Bowl appearances than Aaron Rodgers and Dan Marino. You would love to see it. You would love to see it. I wanna
2: put on a T shirt.
0: But he's still one throw away from messing up we these all are. games. Are they, That's you not true. Stafford Matthew is? Stafford wasn't. Matthew Stafford he threw 100%. Touchdowns. He threw four touchdowns and no interceptions versus Matthew the Matthew Stafford
2: is to overthrow OBJ once and get sure. picked off, and that guy is going to sure. go straight up back into but Pop you, Warner football mentality. But who
0: are you banking on to, to make a mistake first? I'm Jimmy banking Jr. on attitude. Stafford?
2: I'm banking on attitude. I'm not banking on individuals. I'm banking on attitude. And you know who has attitude in this matchup? The 49ers.
0: You know, as a quarterback who hasn't thrown a touchdown in this playoffs? Yeah. Jimmy G, I can't, I can't, like, and listen, not that a running team with a good defense or a good defense hasn't won the Super Bowl before. What's up, Trent Dilfer and the Ravens? Brad Johnson and the Buccaneers. Like, I, your offense to- went
2: down, the toilet when Nick Chubb went down. So let's just make sure that you know we're wh- wh- yeah, wh- wh- you're spindling played- over there, Rasputin.
0: No, but I'm just saying like it's I can't I can't put all my faith in the Jimmy G. I'm not Debo Samuel. I just I have to take the Rams. There's too much on the line. There's too much the feeling of disrespect uh, that what what happened week 18, the 6 and 0 and them throwing it in your face and it's difficult for me because the chemistry and the intangibles of like oh this is a playoff run this is just like baseball where a team gets hot at the end of the season and takes that momentum and wins one a championship one
2: of these days people are going to consider the 49ers good instead of just a team that gets hot
0: no but they haven't but this Down season the stretch, they this had to. season yep. they did not play good and that defense was terrible but how
2: much of that that voice in that narrative is just based off of jimmy because if it were a different team with a different quarterback, I bet we talk about this differently. We talk about the 49ers differently. I just think that we have it in our mind that Jimmy isn't a good quarterback. Or that he's not worthy. That's fair. He's not worthy. And, and up to this point where Debo was having to, to talk about trade rumors this week. This week. Which is crazy. And so, ultimately, the lack of respect isn't about the Rams. It's about the 49ers. Because they have the record. They have the psychological edge. And they have all the momentum. All the momentum.
0: That's the noise outside, though. I think on the field, like you said, the the physicality. Like, the 49ers are going to go in there expecting to win. And they're going to go in there acting like this is our home stadium. But they earn
2: it, though. They play in a way that they earn it.
0: But that doesn't change the mind of the Rams players of like, no, this is our home, and we're a better team, and we'll show you why.
2: Yeah, but... We all know that if somebody walks out with a little bit of a swagger and then hits a really good three-pointer on the playground, are you going to be right in two seconds later, "Uh, three-pointer for me too, Kobe, I'm not even going to look, I'm going to walk away. No, 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 you've let some time pass because they just hit a really great shot, right? I don't want to follow up uh, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, though. I'm not going to be able to kill after that. No, you wait. Now you're deviating away. Now it's not your court anymore. Now it's not about your buckets. It's about theirs. And that's why this game for me isn't necessarily about X's and O's. It is about swagger. It is about belief. And there is more, all of that on the 49ers. So you're going, obviously
0: you're going Niners.
2: Hell yeah, I'm going Niners. And I'm going
0: Rams. Here we go. Opposites.
2: Opposites. And I don't feel bad about these picks at all you don't want to see bet.
0: the Rams and the Chiefs like the Monday Night Football I w- I classic. I think that it they would had. be a
2: great game. I think it would be a very, very offensively inclined game. But I, I really am rooting for Jimmy to basically shove it to everybody and be like, "Yeah, trade me now." T- you drafted Trey Lance. Trey Lance is from Minnesota, dude. Like, I'm, I'm all for. It. I'm like, yeah, the I'm, 49ers is great. I want him to just do what he's always done, which is get the job done to the best of his ability. And sometimes it's not good enough. But I think this team is better than they were a couple of years ago, and they have more to chew on and definitely more belief in themselves, especially against the Rams, as you and I have just eloquently laid out for everyone. That was a really good football segment. I'm yeah, so proud of us.
0: Listen, I can't wait for the – the games better be just as good.
2: Yeah, and the retirement ceremony for Henrik Lundqvist isn't even over yet. This is perfect timing. Do you to, have tissues? No, uh, I don't need them, but it's a very special – For me, next. Oh, for he me, is – oh, he's segment. crying. He is getting a little emotional. I would, too. You're just – That poster is going to be up there for for forever. As long as there's Madison Square Garden. Oh, constantly. Constantly. If you're not crying, you're not trying. At least that's what I say. Uh, On the other side, hot lap around the NHL. 1140 The Bet.
0: Adrian Hernandez and Lindsey Brown. The Playmakers. Exclusively on 1140 The Bet.
2: What a banger. God, I love corn. You hate corn in a can, though.
0: The food. I've actually haven't listened to much of the actual band. Really? Please don't, please don't hate me. Please don't hate oh, me. Oh,
2: no. This is good. That means I can uh, roll through some exposure therapy with oh, you then. you show me some,
0: some more fire?
2: Oh, absolutely. They got nothing but shredders when it comes to corn. But... The person who's probably shredding it up the most is definitely William D. from Kentucky last week because he won round two of our Giving Props Challenge. And if you missed that or any of the first two weeks, not a big deal because it is back for round three of the NFL postseason. Again, this is our Giving Props Challenge. It's a new week, which means new props and another $2,000 up for grabs. Get your phones out, but not really, especially if you're driving. Text PROPS, P-R-O-P-S, to 20357 to sign up. Ten new props have been posted leading into Sunday's games. Most correct picks this week wins two grand. Whether you signed up before the playoffs or today, you are automatically entered in to win a random grand prize of $10,000. Text PROPS to 20357. Make your picks before Sunday, that's props to 20357, especially if you were just listening to our football segment and you're like, Lindsay, you are preaching the Lord's message, the Lord Jimmy Garoppolo, that over-under <laughs> 229.5 passing yards. Uh, I would take the under, but I would definitely pick the 49ers to win the pick-up. You know, we can do that. We can yeah. see because it, you and I are matching records right now in terms of picks through the playoffs at 7-2, and two, but we went complete opposites this week. Sometimes it's about the timing in which you make these picks, but either way... Text props p r o p s two zero three five seven and that's all I have to say about the footiest of footballs at least for a few more minutes because it is hockey time. The most popular man in the world of hockey is definitely Henrik Lundqvist and it's not just because he's a beautiful, beautiful man. Adrian, is he? Hold on, let me. Oh, oh yeah, you better look it is up he, over you, there. Is you he want? Oh oh, Jimmy
0: yeah. G or this guy?
2: Don't ask me that.
0: <laughs> it's too, it's too personal. No of a question. no,
2: play the button. Play the button. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm just
0: dancing. Hey, here we go. I ain't think about nothing too controversial. Oh. We just dancing. Hey. we ain't think about nothing too controversial.
2: The love I have for the Lord, Jimmy Garoppolo and Henrik Lundqvist, like Katie Heron. and mean, girls, the limit does not exist.
0: Whoever can spell both of those last names right, come holler at me. Oh,
2: I can do it. I can do it, especially when you have as many records God. as one Mr. Henrik Lundqvist Jimmy, has. Jimmy, she's so
0: handsome. Okay, hold on. Let me Google this other guy. I'm sorry, Lindsay.
2: It's okay. It's all good. Um... Henrik Lunquist is one of the most clutch goaltenders of all time. He's played in a ton, ton of game sevens. And when he did play in a game seven, posted a record of six and two with a 1.11 goals against a 9 one save percentage. That's filthy, Adrian. That's filthy stats right there. Or Maybe it's the fact that he ranks sixth on the NHL's all-time wins list. Unfortunately, he's never won a cup, and that's the most elusive thing. But as I mentioned earlier in the show, he was in between the pipes for Team Sweden in 2006 in Turin, Italy, in which they won the gold medal. And that was a huge, huge freaking deal.
0: Is he like the Chris Paul of hockey?
2: Uh, I don't know. I, Without
0: have, the ring getting close, but. yeah,
2: yeah, similar ilk, and definitely similar like respect level in terms of dedication to the game. He's one of those worker bees. Most of the, of the best goaltenders and, and players, and just people typically are the worker bees. But obviously, a very very expansive ceremony going on at Madison Square Garden. Ironically, they're playing the Minnesota Wild, which also happens to uh, feature the player Matt Zuccarello, which is one of his. Closest friends that he spent a lot of time being teammates with on the Rangers, and so very happy to see him get honored. Lots of honors being handed out. Uh, I think the Dallas Stars are honoring uh, Sergei Zubov tonight, um, and uh, and and his legacy, and so that's very good stuff. And
0: he's handsome.
2: Yeah, I'm just gonna leave that where it is. Looking, I gotta I gotta there. move because we gotta talk about the Nathan McKinnon hit that happened the other Ooh. day. Because Nathan McKinnon, as we are all very acutely familiar with here in the Las Vegas Valley, is a hell of a hockey player and a very, very big human being. And you sometimes you can't avoid what you are. But when he cut across the middle very early in the game the other night in which the Colorado Avalanche were playing the Boston Bruins, I was watching this game and I watched this happen live. It was within his first two minutes of the, of the game. Cuts across the middle, so does Taylor Hall for the Boston Bruins. And Taylor Hall, in the moment, it looks like a very malicious play. It looks like head contact. It looks like a a really bad situation, especially when Nathan McKinnon is hunched over and blood is literally gushing Mm. from his face. And he has since been diagnosed with a broken nose, facial fracture, and a concussion. And he was down, and obviously they they did the five-minute major right away, and then they looked back at it because ultimately, the thing that bloodied Nathan McKinnon was his own stick it technically wasn't a major penalty. It technically wasn't a penalty at all, but because of NHL rules, you can't reduce like a five-minute potential major down to no penalty at all, so it went down to two minutes. But then you lose McKinnon for a few games. And a lot of people are like, oh, it's a clean hit, it's fine, and technically they're right. Just like how the hit that Jacob Truba hit Nathan McKinnon with, I don't know, like four or five weeks ago, that also looked like a concussion type of hit, um, was also legal. But ultimately... Why are people cutting across the middle and trying to take off Nathan McKinnon's head? Well, first of all, he's probably trying to take off your head, too. But what I don't have a problem with is Taylor Hall making contact. I have a problem with Taylor Hall cutting across the middle, knowing what goes on through the middle. I have problems with Jacob Truba stepping up into those plays because we know what's going to happen in those plays. And ultimately, physicality is something that is a reality in this game. And it needs to be. And it's it's a great part of this game. But we can do better than just not going, you know, directly to the head with our hands. Like, we can start making better decisions. And ultimately, you want to create apprehension in, in your own D zone. You don't want players of the year, opposition to feel comfortable to move about, to do what they want, to take time and space, to dipsy-doodle their way around, just like the Gold Knights were trying to do at their own defensive blue line last night in the last minute of the first period. Guess what happened? Turnover, pops in the back score. of our net. Literally, my first key to the game yesterday, or whatever. I'm the thoughts. It's all at that defensive blue line, and then the same thing happened in the first minute or so of the second period, and that's all they wrote for your Golden Knights last night as they drop a game four to one to the Florida Panthers. Because when you're playing high level talent, you cannot expect to win the hockey game if you cannot take care of the most basic details of this sport, like the puck's deep, like getting physical leverage, like protecting the puck with your body rather than just relying on your stick and having it get lifted and completely turned over. Like, I don't think the Gold Knights played a bad game last night, but they certainly didn't play their best game. And if you want to beat the best, you have to bring your best. And that's what we know to expect from Nathan McKinnon each and every night. And so I'm at a little bit of a, of a, Weird cross point here because Nathan McKinnon is a force of a human being and you got to stop him some way, somehow, because he's going to take all the ice that you give him. Just watch the the outdoor classic game that the Gold Knights played last year. Nathan McKinnon literally made Alex Bertrangelo look like he was in mini mites out there because that's how good he is. Um, But that being said, we have to protect people in this game. You have to protect Elias Pettersson as much as you have to protect Nathan McKinnon. Like, even though Elias Pettersson is a lot easier to beat up in front of the net because he's a lot smaller, a lot younger, and looks like he just got his driver's permit, like, there are ways to take away talent in this game by just being a tough guy, right? It's not enough to just not go for head injury, or at least the intent to. Let's try to work some of these out because the last thing anybody needs in this league is Nathan McKinnon going to the going to the locker room for the third time with head contact issues. Like this is I've seen him get hit 3 times this year badly. And again, it's it's on him as a player, but people are stepping up and targeting this too. And so ultimately, I want Taylor Hall to not cut across the middle. I want him to give himself a little bit more space and maybe try to rub McKinnon out on the boards rather than using that physicality on an open ice hit. There are different ways to accomplish your goals, but uh, it's a big time talent to miss out and there's a lot of guys that are supposed to be going to the All-Star game that are now not going because of injuries, just like McKinnon. I mean, he was, uh, we had Drake Batherson that is going to not be going and he might be missing the rest of the season based off of that hit that we were talking about with Mike McKenna earlier this week, also podcastable on the Nightcap podcast. Um, Aaron Dell, He hit him and he has since been suspended for three games with Drake Batherson and gets a voted to his first ever all-star game. And he has a high ankle sprain that those are tough in every sport, but especially in hockey. So you might as well just rest it up. It would be better for him to break it because it just heals quicker that way when they're fractures.
0: I have a question with this McKinnon play. Yeah. So McKinnon had the puck and he very shortly after he got hit, like he, 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 Past the ball yep. to, or past the yep. book. And there's a
2: window of opportunity in which you can hit people when, when they just get rid of the pop. It was
0: like one second after.
2: I know. I know. But ultimately, like I said, the hit is clean. I just want Taylor Hall to not make that decision to go down that hill. Okay. That's it. You know what I mean? Cause we can, we can keep the play moving differently. And so, and it it was accidental. Maybe it was that, that hit last year on John Tavares that nearly killed him was hundred percent on accident by Corey Perry. But Corey Perry did have to answer for that fight, even for that hit, and Taylor Hall never did. To so I me, mean, it's just like sometimes you can help areas and they don't, and that's kind of the mo. Whenever we talk about hockey, we're just talking about like actual gameplay in ways that we can be better. But that NHL doesn't always do the best job. But today, I think they made some progress instead of having Green Day be the headlining uh, musical act for said All-Star Game, which is going to be hosted here in Las Vegas, Machine Gun Kelly. Ah! Now, I'm not the biggest Machine Gun Kelly fan, but Wild Boy was a song that I used to just rip up going to uh, college skate back in the day.
0: We could have had him on the show. We
2: could have. And honestly, I, I want your... Quick reaction take of what what the percentage is that I might share an elevator with Megan Fox that weekend.
0: Honestly? It's not zero. You are going to be in the thick of all-star game, all-star fanfare, everything NHL with the insiders, the shakers, and the movers because you are a shaker and mover. That's right. So if I had to put a percentage... I'm going to put it at 42%.
2: Yeah. I really don't care if I run into Machine Gun Kelly, which is basically the human version of a straw that got stuck under your seat after you used it. Um, But if (laughs) I run into Megan Fox. What are straws getting stuck in seats? They're not stuck in the seats, under the seats. You know, when you, like, accidentally drop it and then you just never retrieve it. And it collects, like, lint and dust. It's very, very specific imagery I'm trying to evoke from our listenership and from you. Uh, But we certainly know that Machine Gun Kelly is uh, towards the top of a lot of SEO searches. Uh, Will they bring the whole gang? Will Travis Barker show up with the crowd? Who knows? But like I said, the NHL signed like a multi-year deal with Green Day a couple years ago. I'm like, what year is this? Is this 2000? Yes, dude. They had an official song. They had like an official song and all that stuff. They signed Green Day to like a multi-year. I'm like, dude, this would have been really sick when I was in seventh grade rocking my dc shoes but now it's not so great And it's no offense to green day but it just seems like the nhl is a little bit behind on the times but machine gun kelly is certainly
0: uh, a multi-year deal contemporary kind of crazy.
2: contemporary will he be good unsure like i said i only like wild boy that's the only song that i really uh have gravitated to and that was when he was more in hip-hop yeah now he's, 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 more he's, rocker. he's a rocker yep always hanging out with travis barker and they're uh, with their little horde of people
0: is this, it? is this the Green Day? Maybe. I think this is. I, uh, I like I... how
2: you play it for two seconds and you turn it all the way down. You know this song? That you've never heard before? Let's let's listen. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we can. No. I, I feel like we could do a little bit better.
2: Yeah. At least it's not like some Imagine Dragons track, which I love Imagine Dragons, but so does everybody else, and so it kind of ruins it for me. You know what? I know, but that's what I'm saying. I want I want it to be protected. This is what it's almost like uh, like a nature preserve. I want a musical preserve that 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 these artists cannot be used in advertising. Ooh, this is a good segment. This is a good idea. This is yeah. Imagine Dragons at the top of that list. So they're just so overplayed, it's ruining all their songs.
0: I gotta get money somehow. I
2: love their songs, but then I'm like, i love them, but I can't listen to Look, it. Look
0: in five years you're gonna miss Green Day. Watch. That's true, that's true. I did see not? them at
2: Lib and they were fantastic. How could
0: you come on? This is a this is a banger. Excuse me, uh Lindsay, this is hockey. This was a this is a shredder. We
2: we, we bang just as well as we shred all of these different tools are at our Oh, my gosh. So many music. We're going to be playing, like, a lot of music here to close out the show. I love it. You love to hear it.
0: <laughs> oh, yes, we do. Yeah, you
2: love to hear it. Um, anything else in terms of hockey questions expert over there? Not really, right? No. Yeah. Golden Knights again dropped 4-1 to one yesterday against the Panthers. Just to kind of run through exactly went went down. Zach Whitecloud, who only scores on the top Right corner uh, opened up scoring for the game. Then, with about a minute left, Alexander Barkov just sticks with the play, um, strips one of the members of the Golden Misfit line. They almost break it out a couple of times near that blue line, but they ultimately never get that physical leverage enough to fight off Barkov, who is the Selkie winner and Mark Stone heavier. Uh, and he was able to get it past Robin Leonard, shorthanded, by the way which would uh, lead the NHL now at this point because they were tied with the Golden Knights until they scored that shorthanded goal for lead in the NHL. And then to open up the second period, just over a minute in Sam Bennett, guy we were talking about yesterday that was traded from Calgary to Florida, uh, takes the lead, beats Robin Leonard. I think it's probably through a tip and through a screen, but certainly not the best goal to give up on the short side rush. And then they kind of just went into uh, whatever mold that they do, which is we rush the puck more, we keep the puck more, and we make you change your game into something that is kind of a, a risk, a gamble, because at that point, they're a better team. They're the best team on the home ice so far this season. I think they were 15-2-3, so now they're 16-2-3. Uh, and ultimately, they were able to add a couple of empty netters in that third period. Certainly not. The greatest of stats when you go 0-3 on the power play, 31 hits, 13 giveaways to match the total for your takeaways as well, along with 14 block shots and only four penalty minutes. While it is unfortunate they weren't able to secure any points against the Florida Panthers, they do have another chance to get two against the Tampa Bay Lightning, which would be a humongous thing. They lost in overtime to the Lightning here in late December. It was a really enjoyable experience for me to watch Andre Vasilevsky play in that game. And so, I'm sure they will be just as snarly, if not more, in their building at Amelie Arena. And so, we look forward to seeing what the Golden Knights bring to that particular bout tomorrow, Saturday, before they return home. I think they're playing Buffalo on Monday or Tuesday. Regardless, we'll be back on Monday to talk more about hockey things. But also, Sunday afternoons is when me and Dominic Lavoie record new episodes of the Nightcap. Sunday afternoons, that's what we're going to do it. So, if you need later Sunday listening after everybody else has gone through, like maybe after we get done with all the championship games, you're like, I need a palate cleanser. The nightcap will be there for you. What we will talk about, I don't know yet. A lot has to go wrong and right before I get to that juncture. But at this point, we do have to move on to the final segment of our show this week Conflicted Consciousness. We're going to defend Jake Paul, and I hate us for it. <laughs>
0: Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez. The Playmakers, exclusively on 1140 The Bet.
2: Last few minutes before we send you guys off into the abyss that is the weekend. Our names have already been said. The name of our show has already been said. And there's only moments left. And so let's get directly into our next little tidbit here. Because we've been talking a lot this week about people that we normally don't agree with. How they're making some damn sense about something. And it's a weird thing to be, uh, conflicted. But ultimately, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And I'm always here to fight for what is ultimately the right thing to do. And for the people with a capital P, not specific people, but with a capital P. And Other people that fight with a capital P, like Mr. Capital P himself, Jake Paul, uh, He's having himself quite the week, quite the day. I watched an interview with him earlier this week with Stephen A. Smith where he was talking about what was going on in his life. What's his next fight? Who uh, is he going to face off against next? Is it Mike Tyson? Definitely not. Uh, But he is really trying to drive conversation about how underserved and taken advantage of professional fighters are. Be that in boxing, but more specifically in UFC, who happen to be our neighbors here. Uh, right at what's our eleven forty? The bet. Almost forgot where we are for a second. Uh, Jake Paul earlier tweeted today: I've redesigned the logo and tweeted a picture of the UFC logo, which is this: is the letters UFC, Underpaid Fighters Club. And on Stephen A. Smith's show, he also announced that he was dropping a single today on Friday uh, to really generate attention and proceeds to donate to fighters that sometimes make a minimum of fifteen thousand dollars. For their fight so obviously we are curators of art and culture here so we have to play
1: some
0: of this song he's not lying uh, no by Forbes uh Jake Paul racked in over $40 million in his three boxing victories in 2021, <laughs> making them the highest-paid athlete under 25. So Jake Paul's made $40 million, right? Yep. To put this in perspective, uh, Francis Nagal who just won uh, UFC 270, is unified the World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah. It's his last fight. Uh, that total combined payout for the pay-per-view for all the fighters on that card was just $1.8 million. Nagao himself only made 600K. What? The lowest contract in the NFL, uh, the smallest amount, is 650K to put that in perspective. Do they have
2: health insurance? Nope. Oh.
0: If you're lucky, you get to fight three times a year. That minimum that you fight with is $12,000 that you can make. And once you sign a contract, it does not matter whether you're the first fight or the last fight on a card. Your payment stays the same. You cannot increase it, you cannot negotiate. Until your contract is expired. Uh, the UFC signed a deal with ESPN in 2019. Five-year deal, $750 million. UFC earlier this year signed a deal with a crypto company for $175 million. The revenue share in UFC is 16%. The NBA, NHL, NFL, and MLB. Whoa,
2: whoa, 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 whoa. 16. The fighters get 16% of the profits.
0: That keep increasing. Are you kidding me? Nope. 16. And you know how baseball is about to go in the lockout? Baseball is about to go in the lockout. Just for comparison, the NBA, NHL, NFL, and MLB, the revenue split between the players and the owners is anywhere at the lowest 48% at the highest. 52%. Fifty-two percent UFC fighters, sixteen percent. Oh, and it also affects us. By the way, uh, earlier this year, UFC increased the price of the pay-per-view fights. They're now seventy-five dollars. Sure. It's not like we're in a pandemic and people got money like that to watch fights every month, like they're the WWE throwing pay-per-view events. And
2: maybe this has always been like this. I mean, UFC is it's, it's always new. been like this. Um, just because something has been a certain way doesn't mean it it should continue. I that's abhorrent. It truly is. And just think about this. If you don't take care of your top star, what about those people that never make it? What about those people that are the warm-up fights in the way there? What if it's somebody that's supposed to have their big bout and then their jaw gets broken? Or they just are... It, on your own.
0: Listen, it's been weird because the growth of UFC has, has outbeaten esports and all these sports all this, that have been in the It's the precipice. hottest
2: product they've probably produced in the in this new century.
0: But still, they do not have a – you have Brock Lesnar for a couple years. You have Conor McGregor. They still don't have that person. Right. That kind of leads them. So that that's the craziest well, part. Ultimately, the that's, catch a, up to them.
2: that's a catch-22 as well because you have a star and you get the recognition and you get the eyeballs. But ultimately, even if they are making a, a lot of money, that individual, it's only –